from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Presented by BetMGM, Dave Ross here with you at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And what a pleasure to have the man of the hour himself, Michael Lombardi, back to his show. Uh, Michael, I've been waiting all week to, to do some shows with you and have some fun. I have to ask you, as an NFL exec, I don't know if you guys ever get time off, but it always feels like it's before training camp. How did you utilize your time off? Well, you know, it usually is, Dave. And first of all, it's great to meet you. It's great to be back. Uh, you know, when you have four grandsons, uh, your time <laughs> off is usually evolved around them. And so besides spending money on them, that's usually what you do. So it's been good. And last night, I was blessed and fortunate enough to go see the man, uh, Mr. Bruce Springsteen, at the St. James Theater in New York City. Wow. And so it's uh, the one-man Broadway play that he's been doing. He closes it on uh, Saturday, then he'll resume it again on August the 17th. So it was great. So I had a good time. I'm ready to get back to work. I'm excited. Uh, excited for the, the British Open. There's my man, Bruce. Great. <laughs> I had great seats. It was incredible. Michael, it's Nobody funny. works harder, Dave, than Bruce. Nobody works harder than Bruce. I'm telling you. Like, it, seriously, the dedicated and – and they're the four of my guys there. Adorable. That, we're going there to the uh, – we're going to the uh, we're going to the water slides. Even though there was not a lot of sliding going on, we were going there anyway. You know, it's funny, Michael, because I've got a lot of friends, obviously, in the business that that one of my buddies has gone to over 300 Bruce shows. I've never been to one. God bless him. And he tells me it's a bucket list thing wow. that when you go, just to what your point is, is that he never disappoints. You never hear anybody leave a Springsteen show and say, "Ah, oh, you know what? It was okay." He gives you everything he has. How long is it? Like a, a two-hour performance that he does? It's a two and a half hour journey, is what it is. He starts with the beginning, you know, growing up in this little beach town, Freehold, New Jersey, which is just off the coast of of the Atlantic Ocean from Asbury Park. And he talks about his dreams. He talks about the influences in his life, wow. and it really it's a a catharsis for his and the relationship he had with his father. That's pretty cool. And how he used his father's voice, how he used his father's voice to really tell the story that he's told for over 50 years. So, you know, as a little kid for me, Dave, for me, I grew up in this little beach town called Ocean City, which is exactly 60 miles from Asbury Park. Mm -hmm. And we have a boardwalk and we have slides and we have Ferris wheels. And we also have the idea that you can't go, you can't leave the little island. You can't get anywhere <laughs> that, you know, you're from some podunk town. And I heard Born to Run. And I heard Chase Your Dreams, and I heard those songs coming out of the radio in 1974, and he impacted my life. And so for me, he's more of a, 
uh, of a, uh, I thank him for being able to allow me to chase my dreams and, and, and search a journey because I don't think without his music, I would have never been able to, to rationale that because so many people in this little town tell you, well, you can't do that. That's for somebody else. And, you know, I listen to his words and that's what impacts me. And throughout my life, they have, they have impacted me as he's gotten older and I've gotten older. Absolutely. It's just a great story. And uh, I've been to your, to your beach there, Ocean City. It's a great beach. I, I worked in Washington, D.C. for the better part of two decades. And, Michael, the, the rule number one for me when I worked there was when I first started, there are no vacations during football season, right? And, again, I, I've you know, covering, no. covering the Washington football team for the better part of two decades. I remember going there. Once training camp started in late July, we were locked in for the next, you know, three or four months. Is it the same for you guys as execs where, you know, if you're going to get vacation, you get it when you just did. And once training camp starts or even maybe a week before, that's it. And it shuts down through the draft. Yeah. And no doubt, Dave, what happens is, you know, uh, you basically when the coaches take off in mid-June, and return in mid-July, that's when you take your vacation. But you really, you know, Al Davis used to say all the time, you can't work in the NFL. You have to live in the NFL. Mm. And so even though you're on vacation, even though you're back in Ocean City, New Jersey, hanging out and watching your grandkids, your mind is constantly on the things that have to take place. You know, if you're an executive, if you're Chris Ballard of the Indianapolis Colts, you're worried about your, even though you get away and you go back down to your hometown in Texas, you're still worried about your left tackle position. You're still worried about do you have enough pass rush. You're still worried about all those things. And the waiver wire continues to come in. And then when you read the news of the Richard Sherman problems or mm-hmm. some of the other things that happen in the offseason, you, you become impacted and you've got to be willing to react and make decisions. So you never get away. But you typically spend, you know, four or five hours a night, you know, working on something that's going to help you during the season. I talked to a lot of head coaches in the NFL, and I was I spent some time the other day with one of them, and you know, he's been spending four hours a day every single night working wow. on the things he wants to work on. So, it's a it's a job you must live in because someone once told me, you know. It's a little bit like shaving. If you don't do it every day, you look like a bum. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that's not a personal shot. I haven't shaved in a couple of days, Michael. No, I, no, no. You look good. No, you got a groom. No, you're groomed. You're a groom man. I try to keep it you're tight. You're No, I was not. No. <laughs> but you know what, Michael? It's so true about that. It, it's that It's that Ted Kaczynski look you don't want to have. <laughs> you don't want uh, that. You, know, you don't want to have the Unabomber look. Yeah, that's you, the, you don't yeah. want that one. No, it's funny, though, because you're so true. And even in my last training camp in D.C. in 2013, I would get there before the sun would come up to set up for our morning shows and our live shots and what have you. And there would be head coach Mike Shanahan still on the stationary bike, the first guy in, the head coach, uh, before training camp even yeah. begins. And, and it's so true covering, you know, Joe Gibbs 2.0, uh, you know, the last guy out, the first guy in. That is the life of executives and coaches in this league. And you're right. If you're going to win at the highest levels like you did, uh, it, it's you have to put in that time. So I hope people in the NFL yeah. are getting their rest now because they're not going to get a whole lot in about two weeks. Well, it's a little bit like what Cassius Marsh was complaining about. He was crying about, there's no fun at the Patriots. They have no fun at the Patriots. You know, and Julian Edelman said it perfectly, right? So when after Marsh got cut by the Patriots and he went on his way, uh, Julian Edelman put a, put a sign up in the, bo- in, in the locker room, winning is fun. Mm-hmm. 
And if you want to win, you better make sure you work hard. Yeah, no question about it. I can't wait to pick your brain for the next couple of days here while I'm in town uh, to get all your football expertise. I, since we haven't had a chance to talk, obviously, before the British Open, which is going on right now, and I apologize, I did get up at 3.30 in the morning and watch a couple hours of this, Michael, because I'm a freak <laughs> for this one. It's my favorite major of the year. I, I just want to get your, your thoughts, because I know you had a couple guys that you liked coming in, and since I didn't get a, a chance to talk to you yesterday, who did you like for this tournament? I liked. I thought Kapka Kapka would play really well. I, I thought that the, this whole feud between he and Deschambeau, I think, would motivate him. I thought he putted better. You know, I, I'm kind of rooting for him, and and I always root for Molinari. I think Molinari, especially in Europe, he got a game going a little bit better in the U.S. Open. Yes. I thought he was starting to play better. So those are the two guys that I kind of liked, and and I thought maybe they would have a chance. I have an expert son who gives me his picks. I forgot to ask him who he liked. I'm sure. <laughs> He'll give me that when I go home today. Yeah, Louie, he stays right now up at the top of the leaderboard. Shot a 64 today. Little Louie always seems to finish second right now. He's in first. I wonder if that lead will hold throughout the day. But all the golfers are out there uh, at Royal St. George's in England. You mentioned uh, Bruce Kep- uh, Brooks Kepka, And I know if you say Bruce, that's where Bryson likes to uh, throw shade his way by calling him Bruce. Um, it's interesting. I actually stayed clear of Brooksy, and he's one of my favorites, Michael. And the reason why I did is I, I listened too much to what he said. And he said, you know, I haven't played in three weeks. I don't like the golf course. He got in it with Bryson again about the Ryder Cup, and they're not going to pair us together. But I kinda, I'm kind of i picking up what you're putting down. This is good for golf, right, that we have a healthy – Yeah. I, I guess it's healthy, right, as long as they don't cross any lines here. It feels like it's good that the sport is talking about two guys that just don't like each other in the NFL. You know this. That's good for competition. I think there's more to it than we think. I, I think I think I think Brooks knows something about Bryson. Oh. And I think I think he knows. I think there's something between the two that he kind of and he hinders. He hits around that he doesn't say anything. Okay. I'm not I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Okay. Sure. I want to be very clear here. However. I think Brooks knows something, and I think that's what the needle's all about. There is a genesis behind the needle. There's something that's provoking this, you know, and and I think that you have to be in that inner circle to really know what it is, but there's something. David, there's something in there, and I think it is. I mean, look, these two guys are going to compete. One thing about golfers is – they compete every day against one another. Right. And, you know, it's like Al Davis. If he caught you talking to another team – at the combine, you know, like he would call you, you know, we compete against them. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be talking to them, you yeah. know. And so that you wanted to make sure that you understand who the – you think Tiger was having any right. friendly conversations with anybody when he was going? Well, it's a great point. I was having a dinner last night, and this Tiger conversation came up. And part of it, Michael, was to that end. You know, Tiger's probably laid up right now. We all hope he's recovering. He's probably watching this Open Championship, I'm sure. But I don't know that we would have seen him back for being the competitor that he is unless Phil went out there and stole all the shine by winning at 50 and winning the the PGA Championship. And now everybody's talking about Phil being the oldest guy to do this and that. And it felt like their rivalry, which existed, as you well know, for the better part of two decades, it felt like it got squashed. They became friends. Maybe there's going to be a little bit more of that rivalry like we're seeing with Bryson and and, uh, Kepka here that maybe that rekindles Tiger a little bit to think, I don't want to put money down that he's going to win another major. But, Michael, you got to think this fuels his fire, right? No doubt it does. And, I mean, just think of this, right? The, the most competitive division in the National Football League is clearly the AFC West. 
I mean, there are four really good teams. Mm -hmm. And so how do four teams get really good in one division? And then the NFC East has got maybe one good team in it. Right. Well, what happens is water seeks its level. Right. So when one team becomes good, there is a competition for everyone to become good. And that's what happened back in the old NFC East when you were covering Washington mm -hmm. with Joe Gibbs and Bill Parcells and Buddy Ryan and Tom Landry and then Jimmy Johnson. It's the same thing in the West. Right. Gruden gets $100 million for 10 years. You know, the Chargers get Justin Herbert. You know, the, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Everything raises their game. Everyone raises their game. And I think that's what happens in golf is your game gets raised by these players that you know you have to go beat. And then you tailor your game to beat them. Like, if you want to beat Kansas City in the playoffs this year, if you want to win, right, mm -hmm. there's a formula for you to win. Now, you've got to be really good at it, but you've got to execute it. You've got to be able to rush four. You've got to be able to cover on the outside and man-to-man. -man. You've got to take Tyreek Hill out of the game. You've got to have a safety that can cover Travis Kelsey one-on-one. -on -one. And you've got to have two safeties that can tackle. I wrote about this today for The Athletic. Denver has the perfect team to play them. They can play zone, they can play man, they can coverage, they can do a lot of different things. Denver's the most talented team in the AFC West. Wow. The problem is they don't have a quarterback, so nobody knows they're talented. <laughs> no one knows how talented they are. But the point you're making about competition between those, what happens is once you know what you have to do to beat a team, then you go out there as an executive and try to f make sure you know how you've got to beat that team. I promise everybody we will talk about the NBA, what we saw last night, and Vinny Mayugo is going to join us a little bit later to see how they did here at the South Point. But I, I, I'm intrigued by this conversation, Michael, because, again, the analogy with golf, uh, translating over to football. Uh, you see the bulletin board stuff when Bryson and, and, and Brooksy, certainly they use it for ammo. Is there anything like we saw Patrick Mahomes kind of, I don't know if it was a shot at Justin Herbert, kind of like, you know, it's I'll believe it when I see it for the kid and that sort of thing. And you talk about if you want to take down the Chiefs, this is the way you got to do it. Does that resonate in training camps? Uh, you think the Chargers are now like, oh, you see what he said about you, kid? You better prove it in year two. Let's yeah, go get yeah. those guys. It, that, that actually means something, right? It really does. I mean, especially when he called, you know, and he says, I got to see it again. You know, I mean, it's the, it's the way to get your, it's the way for you to motivate your team by letting someone else do it. What, what happens like last night, let's take last night, Monty Williams at halftime is talking to his team about playing harder. Well, you know, if you're not playing hard in a conference championship game, when are you going to play hard? <laughs> right? When are you going to play hard? Right? Like that makes no, so his voice is getting, is getting diluted. Right. Because he keeps saying the same thing. It's what happens to coaches all the time. And so when you can get an opponent to say something to you, when you can get an opponent to talk about the things that you've got to improve upon or the motivating your team, that's a trifecta win for you. And I think last night was a perfect example. If you got to sit there and tell your team to play harder in a conference championship game, then you don't have any competitors on your team. And we know Phoenix does. Right. We know they do. No question. We know they do. Now, the problem is they got out-rebounded 17-4 in the offensive <laughs> rebounds. So it, that's not effort. That's smart in positioning. Yeah, no question about it. We're going to dive into a, a lot more of what we saw last night in game four. But again, uh, Michael, because I didn't get you before the series, how did you kind of forecast this series playing out in your mind? Did you, you know, I know I'm sure it wasn't Suns and four like that guy, you know, became a meme and the whole thing. But uh, what, which way did you lean before the whole thing started? Well, the last the last show I did, I had the Suns in six. Okay. So that's what I went 4-2. 
I went 4-2. I thought that that was the right play. I thought the money was good. I thought the value was perfect there. It's now plus 300. So, you know, I, I thought it was a good play. I thought Milwaukee back in fear the deer. I thought they would get at least one. You know, I think the Suns will win this next game. And then I think the Suns will figure out how to win one more on that home court of Milwaukee. Look, you know, th- at some point, David, at some point, you got to stop. You got to you got to turn the water off on Chris Middleton. Like at some point, you yeah. got to say, okay, that Chris Middleton's not. And just watching Giannis last night, I did this morning, is is I don't think he's getting off that foot, and I think he's having a little bit more difficulty than we think he is with that knee. They got to turn. I mean, when you hold Holiday to as bad a shooting night as he had which was putrid, right. right? And you let Middleton go off for 40, and you let him get into the pain, and Aiton is playing too far back and not attacking him. When he hits that 8, 10-foot range, you must, that's like a layup for Middleton. you got to turn the water off on him. Yeah, no question about it. He went for 40, uh, 6 and 4, as you're seeing here. And Antetokounmpo, well under his point total of 32 and a half uh, in the, the uh, player prop situation there with only 26 points. But he did have 14 rebounds. So that still hit the over. Uh, Michael, we're going to talk more about game four. And again, Vinny Mayuga is going to join us here momentarily. We'll keep an eye on the British Open. It's great to have you back uh, on your show, the Lombardi Line, right here on Visa. <laughs> These it's great to have you, Dave. It's good to have you here with us. Thank you. I might shave during this next break. We're back in just a minute. No. Football season just around the corner. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada Premier Sports Betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, special, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Back here on the Lombardi Line on a Thursday with Michael Lombardi. I am Dave Ross here at the South Point Casino. And, Michael, you know, I'm watching this leaderboard here, and I see guys like Ricky Fowler pop up back up here. And this is a guy for maybe the last... 15 years, Michael, had the mantra, right, of the best golfer never to win a major. And that's got to be tough to be saddled with something like that when you've never won. You know, Sergio doesn't doesn't get that because Sergio finally broke through years ago at Augusta. You know, once you win one, th- it all goes away. I wonder in the NFL, with the Chiefs right now, and obviously the Bucks are the, the top dog right now, is there a team that fits that profile in your estimation I know, like, you would think Green Bay getting to the NFC title game two years in a row and losing, but Aaron Rodgers does have that one title. So does that suffice, or is there a team that you look at and say they should be the next best thing and they haven't done it yet? Well, I mean, look, I think, Dave, I think Aaron Rodgers certainly can win a Super Bowl, but I think he's going to need a little help. You know, you got first and goal with the nine. 
and you don't have four plays to get you in the end zone and you decide to kick a field goal, I think that's on the floor. You know, when your left tackle, Billy Turner, can't block Jason Pierre-Paul, you got real problems. When your right tackle can't block, you know, Ndamukong Sue and the quarterback's getting hit way too much and you don't adjust, you know, that's on the coach. I, I think LaFleur has to prove he can do it. I think LaFleur's a little bit like Ricky Fowler. You know, really happy, shakes everybody's hand, everybody loves him. <laughs> but really, dude, we have the killer instinct. I mean, have you ever seen a guy happier when somebody else wins no. than Ricky Fowler? Seriously. It drives me crazy, Michael. I mean, I, it's like it, I, I it drives me nuts. I want to. I want to go over to them and say, yo, brother, they're taking your money. Yes. You know, they're taking your green. Like, get over there. Like, stop being so – like, if you want to be a host – if you want to be a casino host at the Caesars or down with the Circa, I'm sure Mike Palm would hire you. They're no problem. <laughs> if you want to greet people and come in, hey, come on, play the slots. You know, you want to play the big blackjack? Come on, sure. You know, but, like, at some point, you got to have that dog in you. Yes. If you don't have a dog in you, you're never going to win it. And LaFleur don't have a dog in him. LaFleur just wants to call plays. He wants to play – Madden, you know, and that's where T. That's what happens. That's why with Cassius Marsh said about this. Oh, they have no fun there. Well, yeah, they have no fun because they win. Right. They win. That's their fun. I couldn't agree more. And I've said it uh, online, and people are always like, "Why are you always bashing Ricky Fowler?" And I'm like, "Because I want him to win something." And and to me, it's just like you know, I say it's a time honored tradition. It's it's better than the Masters. It's Ricky Fowler showing up on the 18th green, shaking the hand of the winner. Right? Go win something yourself. No so, doubt. It, no doubt. In the NFL, well, it's watch no what he'll do. Here's what he'll do. Uh, he'll post a good score today. Pressure will come on him, right? He'll 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 shoot shitty. He'll shoot bad tomorrow, right? He'll go bad tomorrow, right? Yep. Then on then on the Saturday he'll go. You know he'll probably you know go bad again. Then Sunday he'll have a nice round. Like like seriously, like that's who he is. I mean, like at some point you got to say where's the, like at some point take this thing over, Ricky. Like you got it. The problem is God gave you talent. You're right. wasting it. You're wasting it. You know, you, you just don't have enough competitive fiber in you. You got 90,000 commercials. You need any more commercials, Ricky? I'm sure somebody. But you know what's going to happen, Ricky? Unless you start winning some, these commercials are going to bail on your butt. Yeah. Again, in the parallels with the NFL, and I know it's a team sport, it's a 53-man roster versus one person out there in the golf course, but that's why I look at Tom Brady, and I just I marvel at what he's been able to do now in two different organizations to win Lombardi trophies. It's just it's so hard to win at that level and to get the other group behind you. In an individual sport with that much talent, there's kind of no excuse to go win at least one, and he has not done it yet. We'll see if he can get it done. Uh, he is one under par right now. The leader still Louis Oosthuizen at six under over you, there. You know who he's like, Dave? Who you got? You know who he's like? He's like Derek Carr. Mm. He's got all the answers. Uh, I'm going to quit if, if they trade me. I don't want to play. I, I'm a Raider for life. Like, yo, bro, fourth quarter, let's win a game here. Let's win a game. Like, you got great stats. Like, let's close a team out. Like, stop crying about, I don't want to play if the Raiders don't want me anymore. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, seriously, you're going to bet on Derek Carr. It's like betting on Ricky Fowler. He's going to disappoint you. Gruden's 19-29 and 29 since he's been back. Gruden since, Gruden, since the Super Bowl wins, 43% winning coach. Mm. I got to tell you, Michael, this is uh, music to my ears because they're, they're always like, you're the tough. Why are you so tough on these guys? I'm like, because I want them to be great because they have greatness inside of them. Just go win, Ricky. That's why we give you the tough love here in the Lombardi line. When we come back, Vinny Mayugo, Mayugo is in studio with us, Michael, when we come back here on Visa the Sports Betting Network.
The college football season is right around the corner, and that means the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is coming soon. Our experts look at the impact of the tra- transfer portal, key games on the schedule, and early season trends to watch, so you have a betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99, and discounts are available when you buy early, so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash Subscribe. Back here in the Lombardi line, Dave Ross with Michael Lombardi. Pleasure to have Vinny Maliuo in studio with us. And Vinny, I do want to start off with what we saw last night mm-hmm. in game four uh, between the Suns and the Bucks. We saw it, it, it kept ticking up, right? Start off three and a half, four, four and a half. Got up to five in some places here. How did you guys make out? Yeah, we uh, we actually did get to five here, uh, Dave and, and Michael, and um, did close at four and a half. So we did get some buyback uh, at uh, at the five. But the the we did okay to the game because the total went under. So there were right. a lot. There was a, a movement to to the over from two twenty, two twenty one and a half, two twenty two, um, and and that's uh, that's where actually we closed the game too. And a lot of that. Again, it's it's a trend that's really uh, been predominant in in these finals in the four games. Is um, you know, and the favorites. Let's face it, the home team and the favorites are now four and zero. Oh. They've right. covered the number uh, and had more money to. But the parlays to the over are really what drove that uh, uh, you know that that total go to go up and. Uh, what uh, uh, what actually you know held had us uh, do do pretty well to the game. So uh, you know, good action. Uh, of course, we didn't do as well. I'm sure you know everybody's making a, you know, a, a big. The, the WNBA total is a different right. story. That was so crazy. I can't I can't sit here and not address that. Um, yeah. Look flat out, bad number. <laughs> you know, uh, it it happens. Uh, we didn't anticipate the uh, the game being as competitive as it turned out to be. And credit credit the ladies for that, and credit the, the betters that uh, that uh, that went under and uh, cast those tickets. So. Hey, hey, Vinny, I want to ask you. I think this. I I believe that if you're going to play Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. you should play the under, right? If you want to play Phoenix, I think you should play the over because, you know, Phoenix shoots 30% from the three-point line, and really they lose the game because they give up 17 offensive rebounds. And, you know, Milwaukee shot 40% from the floor, and they didn't shoot very well from the three-point line, and they they barely scored 109. They got 109 points. So, you know, Phoenix needs to up-tempo this right. thing a little bit more, and they're going to shoot better than 7 for 23 from the three-point line, and both guards can't not make a three-pointer. I mean, they were 0 for 5 in the game last night from the three-point line, Paul and Booker. Yeah, Michael, you, you bring up a good point, but but people can't help themselves. Here's here's the thing, and 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 you've, you've heard me say this uh, before. Dave, I'll, I'll share it with you now. People love, you know, you go to the arena, right? There's 18, 20,000, however many thousands of people are in there chanting defense. I could tell you right now, just about every one of them are chanting defense. I got a ticket on the over. Right. People don't like to yeah. bet <laughs> unders. But to your point, Michael, if you're going to bet the under, then you want to wait towards uh, uh, to really a little bit closer to tip off because, they, again, Again, that, the, the total last night, you know, going off at 222, that speaks to the fact that the total was driven up by a couple or, uh, you know, depending on where, uh, two to three points. And if you're going to bet the under, then just wait towards until you get closer to, to tip off to, uh, you know, to maximize, uh, you know, you want the highest number to bet under if you're, if you're going to do that in that case. You know what, guys, what's fascinating to me has been watching since I've been out here in Las Vegas this week is seeing the MVP odds change, yeah. right? Because obviously when it was two zip and Chris Paul's the overwhelming favorite uh, to get that, we just mm-hmm. thought it's, it's not only media driven, but that's what it's sentimental yeah. choice, the whole thing. Right. And Giannis before game three was plus 500. Mm-hmm. And now, 
now, as we're sit here at 2-2, he's now the favorite. Yeah. And Devin Booker has actually slid up to be the second favorite for MVP, and Chris Paul has fallen down to third. Vinny, do you, do you anticipate now that – Chris Paul had a good number, finally, at plus 260. People could hop back in on that? Well, they, they may, but I think w- what's concerning to people uh, right now is is the turnovers, and that's what's really yeah. impacted this quite a bit. It's it, it's not just that Giannis has been sensational. Booker was terrific last night. I, I mean, if Booker doesn't have that kind of game and Chris Paul doesn't uh, have as many turnovers as he's had in these uh, in these last couple of games, uh, then it's probably closer to a pick between uh, Giannis and Chris Paul. But the fact of the matter is the turnovers are what's hurting him. And, yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, he had, he had the first two games he was very good. He's, he's kind of looked worn down yeah, these last couple of games. Tired. Now, you know, yeah. can, can he get rejuvenated? Sure. And I think, you know, he bounces back and they bounce back. I mean, they're four-point favorites here now heading back to Phoenix for game five. Yeah, Vinny, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think he, he looked tired. Even though they had a lot of rest in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. they looked tired. I mean, he looked tired. He looked lethargic out there. He wasn't the same sharp. I mean, you know, the Clipper game that they they beat the Clippers, he had, what, he played 40 minutes and have a turnover in that game. Right. You know, they get and, and, and a critical point in the game when he turns the ball over, when they got a chance as bad as they played to really maybe find a way to win with a shot, they couldn't do it because he turns the ball over. And look, Booker was no better. Booker had four turnovers himself. The two of them were responsible for nine turnovers of the 17 that they have for the team. So uh, I I just think, to me, you're right. And look, I think Paul coming home will play better. I'm counting on that. I think that uh, there's some three-and-a-halves out there, four. I I think that line's going to end up getting up to four-and-a-half before too long. I don't think people people think the Suns are going to turn this around. At least, you know, I do. And Just the early early look of it, a lot of money coming in on, on the Suns. Yeah, I think the trend is obviously that, right? Folks have been, you know, predominantly, the public predominantly betting on the home team and the favorite. And, again, they've been rewarded four straight times. They're 4-0 home team. Uh, who's, which has been favored. Uh, for home team is 4-0, and, uh, and the favorites are 4-0. So you'll probably see that here. So if you're looking to bet the Bucks, obviously you want to probably wait a little bit to see if you maybe you get 4.5 right. or things like that. But, um, you know, we also have to credit the defense, too, I think, of, of, of Milwaukee. They, 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 they did, you know, and not just Giannis's block, but uh, they, had a, they had to turn, uh, turn the defense on, particularly in that fourth quarter, and they did. You know, oftentimes we get so caught up in what somebody's doing wrong, but we've got to also acknowledge what somebody or team uh, as well is, do, is doing right. And, you know, we, we see it's the finals, it's the playoffs. You're going to see a lot more. Uh, defense in in the in the playoffs, particularly in the finals, than you do during a regular season. Remember, these two teams when they met in the regular season, oh. it was almost like an All Star game. <laughs> right, you know? it was a track meet. Yeah. And Vinny, we're going to have Josh Applebaum in uh, next hour. And Josh mm-hmm. was on the player prop for Giannis to fade him to go under, and he was correct on that. But we feel like we can't get a high enough point total for a rebound total. Rather, he's hit it again in every game this series. Yeah. D- is there going to be an adjustment for that in Game Five, or keep it right around the same? Number? I think it would be close. You don't want to overreact either. I mean, you look at to, you know the, his body of work, right? I mean, don't forget they lost the second game, but he had forty, uh, what right. forty two points uh, or forty one, forty two points in the second game as well in terms of the points. So you don't want to necessarily overreact, uh, but you know you pay attention to it. And you, listen, we're not going to we're not going to win every bet right. that we put up. Uh, betters are not necessarily going to win every prop that they bet. But uh, you know what? That's why you, you try to get as a broad and diverse a wagering menu as possible. All right, can we keep you uh, through the break? Because sure. uh, Michael, when we come back, I do want to pick his brain about the. Open. Championship. I've got a little wager on old guy golf, as I like to call it. We're going to break that down when you come back with us right here. It is the Lombardi line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
For more ways to parlay, there's only one place to go. Sign up for BetMGM and try innovative features like one-game parlay, parlay generator, or parlay boost. No matter your style, the perfect parlay is just one tap away. Sign up on the BetMGM app or website today using the bonus code VEASAN600, and your first bet will be risk-free up to $600. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and the king of parlays. New customer offer paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, D.C., or West Virginia. It excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, D.C., and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Back here on the Lombardi line, Vinny Mayugo in studio with me, Michael. And I did want to get into Vinny on the uh, open here, Michael, and just how you guys prepare. There's so many different wagers you can make in the open. Obviously, it feels like the most popular are just to pick the the outright winners. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you guys go about setting those to to make sure you don't have uh, terrible liability? I know that coming in, John Rahm was the favorite here at, I believe, about plus 900. He had a rough day in the first day. Did you see a lot of action on Rahmer? Uh, we did see uh, uh, Rom. I mean, he went off as the favorite, and around around nine to one. Uh, but but you, you know, your your liability typically will come Dave on longer shots. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, Wuste, uh, Louis Wustazen is. Uh, he was thirty to one, thirty-five to one. So you'll, they'll have more liability because it takes less money to to mm-hmm. extend you out there. So typically, with longer shots, is where your liability is going to come into play. But that's okay because you got, and and, and in terms of the uh, the open here, so we we've actually got a bigger menu for it to help mitigate that as well. So the four majors, in terms of a betting interest, are. Uh, certainly, the Masters—that's number one. And and the, the I think uh, uh, some of the reasons for that. Obviously, it's the same course every year, and there's a familiarity mm-hmm. with it. And also, the fact that we book it for so long. I mean, we book it for you know uh, about ten months, nine, ten months of the year. So you can you can put it up, and you, you're you're open for a longer period of time. The second one is the U.S. Open. It used to be the uh, this. Uh, the British Open, uh, the Open Championship, was always number three, and the mm-hmm. PGA four. But now, uh, with the PGA shifting to the to that new date in May, it's actually uh, kind of they're they're neck and neck now. Really? The, uh, the British and uh, uh, and uh, and the PGA. So a bigger field. Uh, what else helps it is daily matchups, round by round, I love round that. and and then. Uh, matchups for the overall tournament, and so because it is the, those the four majors, the betting menu is so much bigger. Uh, typically, we have we always have a field in the futures, uh, but we make the uh, uh, the the actual, and we'll have about let's say on a normal tournament uh, on the tour, we'll have about fifty to sixty golfers, and then a field. Now we've got you know about a hundred golfers and a field. So. Betting menus expanded, and, and that's a response to how much betting interest there is out there by the public. Uh, Michael, I want to let you know, hey. last night, right, I was shopping around a little bit, and right here at South Point, I go over and I see Sergio Garcia at 90-1 to 1 here. So I got down a little action on my mm. old man golfer. Do you like my play, Michael? He's two under par. He's only I four do. off I mean, the lead. I think he's playing – 
Yeah, I mean, I, th I think any of those players that have – that's why I liked Molinari because I thought he'd have experience of playing there. I think it does require – this is a course that, you know, we don't really know as well. It's part of the mm -hmm. rotation of the 10, but mm -hmm. I, I, it doesn't just stir me to think, oh, God, I want to go out there and walk that course, you know. <laughs> so I, I think that there has to be the, the veterans. I would be shocked if a, if a player that didn't have veteran open experience won this. Yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of uh, – uh, we, we did see support for veterans, Euro Europeans as well, uh, obviously, uh, with the event uh, being over uh, in Great Britain. But Sergio – and Sergio, we weren't getting any money. We had, we had him at 60 to open right. the betting, and we didn't get any, any, any real action on him at 60. didn't get any 70, 80, so we went to 90, and that's where – so you're the guy. Okay. I'm the guy, Michael. Right, See, he was yeah. targeting me. He was, <laughs> what's the number that's going to get me to yeah. put, put some do, money down? How do we get Dave? How do we get well, it down? What, what did you involved? open Mickelson up at, Vinny? What did you have Mickelson up at? We had uh, Mickelson, we had we had to raise him as well because we really weren't getting too much uh, money on Phil. We actually, actually, we had him at 100. And then we kind of went back and forth with him between 80 and 100. But we wound up, he was 60 yesterday because there was, you know, late money on Phil. Phil has become a very sentimental yes. pick uh, by yeah. uh, by the general public. You know, the years for year uh, in in the latter part of uh, uh, his career in the last uh, several years, obviously not the last couple, but Tiger Woods became a sentimental pick. And then, you know, of course, he won the Masters a, a few years back. He, by the way, he killed us oh. when he was in his when he was in his prime. But <laughs> again, that's 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 another that's another story. But it was never long. But you know, uh, Phil at uh, you know, are there tickets at Phil at double digits? Yeah, up and down the board. But he's more of a, a sentimental pick. And what we had so when he won the uh, uh, the U.S. Open, right? Mm -hmm. It was it wasn't that people that had tickets on him that was their only ticket. They were kind of like token tickets, so they would say, you know, what, give me, give me a hundred, uh, give me a hundred on, uh, you know, John Rahm, but you know what, give me twenty on Phil, it, it, things like that. So kind of uh, a little bit of a sentimental approach to it. But hey, listen, you know, sentiment uh, cashes sometime, and that's uh, and that's okay. I had a little yeah. Louis, and I think Go ahead. I, good. No, I, I was just going to follow up, Dave. I think what 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 Vinny's going to do is he's going to make a ton of money because from now on, Phil's going to be the St. Jude's pick. You know, instead of giving <laughs> yeah. the money to St. Jude's, they're giving it to Vinny. That's right. You know, because it's going to be just a donation. He's already plus five on the day. You know, and I mean, he. You know, we we have a hard time in betting, understanding, catching lightning in a bottle, and being consistently able to win. And Vinny's going to bankroll this, Dave. He's going to make so much money on those people betting <laughs> Mickelson that it's never going to come in again. Well, it's, it's a good a cause. Jude's bet, right? It's a good bet. It's a good cause. It Patriot is, yes. saying it's have a lost great cause. Is I that. love it. That's why I'm trying to get people. Vinny, that's why I'm trying to get people, instead of betting on a dumb MVP, just give the money to St. Jude. You'll get a donation. Like, so this is never going to happen. You get right happen. off that way. You get it right. Well, I, yeah, I, this is never going to happen. Like, yeah, like I, I love this line in betting. Oh, that, that's a good number. No, it's not a good number if he doesn't win like he's no. got no chance to win like M MVP Mitch there was good number on him like seriously there was a great number on him it, it, did he even come close to winning of course not give it to St. Jude's well I totally agree now I mentioned Louie I had him at the U.S. Open of, of course he, he's got the lead down the stretch and then John Rahm goes birdie birdie on 17 and 18 to take away my money right 
So am I going to fall for this again? I mean, Vinny, are you guys going to – obviously you're going to reset before round two, and he's got the lead here. He just always feels like he's going to finish second. He's almost on the double dip, gentlemen, where he's been, I believe, seven times at majors. Right. He's finished second. I mean, he could yeah. easily be a four-time major champion. Is there, you think you see a lot of action come in on Louie now that he's the leader again? Well, we had him at 30-1 to one, uh, to, uh, to open it, and he, he does get some support. But he's also – He's consistent. If he's finishing, he's 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 in contention, right? He's, he's right if he's there. playing on Sunday, you're you're alive, right? Because then you've got in-game opportunity, right? Uh, as well. So, um, you know, is he is he going to fade again? Well, look, we'll we'll adjust him after today, and it depends on obviously the rest of the field and right. how uh, how they finish and everything. He's only he's got a one-stroke lead over Spieth and Harmon right now. Um, but look, the thing about it is, you you look at current form. Uh, you look at he's having a, he's having a good year for sure, and the fact of the matter is you you have to anticipate that he's going to be uh, going to be around on Sunday. And as long as he's playing on Sunday and he's in that top ten, he's got or top five, he's got a shot, right? So, um, but to Michael's point, it's not quite the same. With I mean, look at the difference between him and and Phil today. So right. uh, there's not there's not as much sentimental uh, uh, attraction to Louis Oosthuizen as there is for Phil Mickelson. But look, you know what? Uh, Louis is going to cash more tickets. I know that even on uh, head-to-head matchups. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Vinny, Vinny, do you know? Uh, and usually Patrick handles this because he's the weather expert. So I'll defer to you here. <laughs> uh, what is the weather going to be like for the next three days? Is because I think that's the hardest thing yeah. in betting the open. Is if that win, like the early guys that went out today benefited from the weather. Mm-hmm. The later guys are not having it. Ricky Fowler's all at minus one now. I bet he goes plus one and finishes up. But the, don't you think, I mean, that's really hard to handicap, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, what you want to do, I think in the open more than any other tournament of the, of the majors uh, for sure, is you you want you kind of want you know the tee times because you anticipate that the the afternoon it may perhaps be uh, more breezy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with a group of guys last night, Brady Cannon included, uh, and we were we were going over the uh, uh, the open, and it looks like the weather for the most part is going to be pretty con- consistently good. We've seen some you know uh, opens in the past where you know somebody turned a switch on and it just became you know uh, almost <laughs> like a, a you know a, a hurricane in some spot in some instances. It doesn't appear to be the case, but we do see the wind uh, as we watch right now. Wind, it's certainly windier now than uh, the, the, the groups that teed off this morning or earlier today over there. Um, Michael, the, the best, you just don't know it because it, it turns so quickly there, right? And then, you know, I mean, I'm looking at the, the flag stick Boy, now. It's, it's, now. Just, you know, it's straight. Uh, it's straight. So, yeah, um, yeah you're, you're, you're probably in a situation where you want to pay attention to when your particular golf or golfers uh, are teeing off comp- of morning compared to the afternoon, more so in this event than uh, than uh, the other three majors. Vinny, very quickly, uh, I've been looking. Are you going to be pro- uh, posting those NFL props anytime soon? Which would the uh, NFL? Well, like uh, just you know, maybe uh, I, I saw some see. of those props out, out there already. But well, we've got regular season wins. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got uh, we'll have uh, MVP, defensive. We got uh, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, uh, and things like that. So, yeah, we'll uh, as we get further into the summer. I mean, it's already uh, there's there's plenty up there. But as we get into the next month, and it'll really uh, jumpstart it more is when we get into exhibition. And when teams get into camp and people start seeing players on the field in exhibition games, that's when they really start. Pounding them. Aaron Donald's going to be the favorite, right? That's it's a- defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah, he's right up there. That's what I would. You, you, you won't get double digits on. It. <laughs>
Uh, Vinny, it's not going to be a St. Jude selection. Vinny, my eagle, always appreciate the time. <laughs> no, no, that's not one. Vinny. No, that's not a good one. That's not Cla- Javion Clowney. Javion Clowney would be a St. Jude's <laughs> donation. You'll get some idiots to bet him. Feels like you'll get some second. idiots to bet him. Much more on the Open and the NFL when you come back with us right, right, right here in the Lombardi Line. It is Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 